So, Joe, we're hitting the road. Road trip. Yeah. Podcast road trip. Yeah. Your favorite. I don't like it. I don't love them. Uh, but, yeah, I like, I, like, I like this idea. This is a good one. You got you got something special for it? I got a tub. Yeah. <laughs> I, got a, I got a nice tub. It helped tub. a lot. You have no idea how much time. I went to Meyer to get that stupid tub. I spent a lot of time like trying to figure out which one I needed dimensions-wise. Really? Yes. It well, seems like a pretty standard tub. <laughs> well, this stupid, this thing is what made it tough. Oh, so, okay. So, yeah. No, I had like my that's, tape measure. That's the board he's playing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. My mixer. No, I got them all out and I like had my mixer dimensions and I was trying to figure out how all the like, little mic holders would fit in. I, I put a lot of thought into that tub. So this is our, th- our third time on the road. We went to Grand Rapids. Is it our third time? Yeah, the first time we went to the Kellogg Center, right? Remember when the oh, I when forgot about Max that and Irma walked in and yeah. asked you if yeah. they, what was what was going on. Then we went to Grand Rapids and it was hot. God, those and are now, both terrible. Yeah, this is this this will be better. Yeah, so this, we're hitting the road. We are going to Michigan's oldest restaurant, the White Horse Inn, Metamora, Michigan. We're going to talk to their owner. Victor Zeningaudis. Oh, I just screwed that. <laughs> that was oh, terrible. That was bad. <laughs> Oh, now I'm all psyched out. How do you say I it? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember either. Zenawagus. Yeah, I think that's that was, closer. I think that's that's close. Victor Zenawagus. Victor, I apologize. <laughs> but yeah, we're on the road. Uh, we're going to talk to Victor, uh, learn about the oldest restaurant in Michigan, um, and maybe talk about a few a few other things as well. So you'll listen to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Are we recording a new intro this season? Why? I'm just wondering. Are you saying that you've had enough of Sarah Humbry? No, 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 no. I, mean, I, I love Sarah. I would like to be a part of the intro. I think that right. would be nice. Well, why don't we work that little line in? That was good. Yeah. I'll, I'll find a spot for it. Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rush Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really. I was distracted staring at Joe's Cold Oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his head. It's, it's always here. Always here. And by the way, the the, the ratio of like, fruit to disgusting, like one to ten. It's got some disgusting stuff in some fruit. There's nothing disgusting. One part fruit. What's, what what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it, but it, it looks like cucumber mash and maybe a couple of chopped apple. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your? <laughs> <laughs> Has a ghost ever appeared in a picture that someone's taken here at the restaurant? Actually, a couple times. Uh, Nick, save the good stuff for <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right, all right, all right. Sorry. Yeah. Pause. Pause. I've got a Classic couple. Nick. Yeah. Okay. Okay, welcome back. We are on the road. The Resh Strategies team is on the road for our Cold Oatmeal podcast. Um, this is Matt Resh. I'm the owner of Resh Strategies. We are a public affairs and public relations firm based in Lansing, Michigan. Um, you can find us at reshstrategies.com. We are also on Twitter and Facebook uh, and Instagram at Rest Strategies. Um, you can always, of course, find our podcasts on iTunes. They're on our website, too, and a number of other podcast platforms. And we're going to get into our poll questions. I, you know, we like to roll out these new features, and they're kind of they're kind of just spur of the moment. Nick's shaking his head at me because he knows that this feature is going to make fun of him. It's not fair. Um, you can follow us at Cold Oatmeal Pod on Twitter. Uh, that's where the good stuff is. We still don't know who runs that account. Um, no one will fess up to it, um, but there's good stuff on there, and we'll we'll get into. Um, we did some Twitter polls after our last episode with the weatherman. We had we had a friend, a new friend, our favorite weatherman, the official meteorologist of the Cold Oatmeal Podcast, 
Uh, Ahmad Badji was there. He's from um, the Flint area. He's awesome. Got some weather questions on the poll and some other questions, so we're going to hit that in a second. Um, but I should say, we are. We're on the road for today's guest. We took a trip, a little road trip, on a Friday afternoon to a little town called Metamora, Michigan. And we are sitting in Michigan's oldest restaurant. And we're going to be talking to the owner and operator of that restaurant in a minute. But first, I want to go around and let the Rest Strategies team introduce themselves. Nikki, start with you. Nikki O'Mara. Joe Beshi. Laura Beal. And Nick DeLewis here. Back in the guest hosting chair, we have with us Andrea Bightley. Hey, everybody. Andrea was with us last year, um, making a habit of this guest hosting stuff now. Are guest you, hosting you, is the best. I know. You, no and, responsibility. And we're not making you get up at 530 in the morning. I really appreciate that, unlike Dave Ackerley. Yeah. Well, thanks <laughs> for being with us. A um, couple things I want to announce uh, and get off the get off the checklist here. First of all, podcast listeners will know, and if you listen to obviously our intro music, we are good friends of Western and Maori, a Lansing uh, musical group has helped us with music on the podcast since the beginning. They had some very exciting news um, uh, this last week. They were just awarded in the John Lennon International Songwriting Contest, the number one uh, rated folk song in the world wow yeah congratulations <coughs> so i mean i think that means our podcast is we're bound to get some we have an international award-winning yeah. duo Obviously. for writing our music one so. could imagine right we could oh i <laughs> 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 guess the heads the heads shaking around the table <laughs> oh boy yeah, that, that was God. clever that was a dad joke man. should we add that to the poll for next <laughs> week no. next <laughs> jokes suck yes <laughs> <laughs> you keep me off your twitter polls Anyway, so I want to congrats uh, to Brian and Pete. Um, we're going to be playing the award-winning song um, throughout the episodes. You can hear that. And what I understand is that in April, the 20, there are 25 categories. Uh, folk music was one of, the, one of the 25. And in April, there's going to be a poll, an Internet poll, and you can all go and vote for your favorite song for the best song in the world. And so we will, we'll, we'll pass it along when that happens. Um, I mentioned Twitter polls, so we had three questions. Um, two of them were kind of boring, but we'll get to the, we'll do those first. So we asked our, I think Joe asked um, Ahmed last time what his favorite weather movie was. Yeah, uh, well, I asked him not what his favorite was, just pick oh, between right. Perfect Storm and uh, Twister, which were just the first two weather movies that kind of came to mind. I'm sure there's others, but that's what what I thought of, and uh, the obvious answer is Twister, and I think our Twitter audience mm -hmm. they did, and of course, that, right? uh, uh, Zach Gorchow, I think, weighed in because he has to he has to yeah. earn his way in yeah. every episode, some way or another. He did. He also weighed in. The Twister was was way better. Didn't he actually heap shame on Joe for even asking the question? He did. He misunderstood the question. Okay. Uh, but yes, yeah, so eighty-five to fifteen percent of voters thought Twister was better. Zach then did phone in with a question for the weather, weatherman. And asked Ahmed if he would rather be, you know, all things, all, be, all things being safe, no one getting injured, no buildings being uh, destroyed. Would you rather be in an E5 tornado or a Category 5 hurricane? This was a close one. Neck and neck. Really? Well, 55% said tornado, 45% said hurricane. Obviously a tornado. Yeah. It just should uh, be. <laughs> <laughs> obviously. It is. Oh yeah. It is. Okay. Now the question that we've all been waiting for. I don't know again who wrote this, um, but we did we did touch on history, <laughs> U.S. history, and um, Nick DeLue being a jerk. Um, 
And so the qu- the Twitter poll was: Is Nick Delu a U.S. history jerk? Mm-hmm. Landslide. Yeah. Uh, we'll call course. you landslide. Landslide Delu. Yeah. Seventy-five twenty-five. Ooh. Yes, jerk. Yeah. Well, heavy, Nick, heavy Nick, is the head that wears the crown. <laughs> <laughs> okay. like I, I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> You're not, of course not. How many times did you vote, Nikki? <laughs> Just once. <laughs> With I'm each honest. Of her accounts. <laughs> Why is he a history jerk? I'm a victim of my own success. Okay. There, so there <laughs> oh, a, God. That's, what, that's the truth. All right. Let's be honest now. That everybody has called me a jerk. So there is a, there's a citizenship test, a civics test that we all took. And I happened to score better than anybody else. And I, I was upset that I missed one of the questions. What question? It was how... I, I haven't said which question I missed because I'm embarrassed. <laughs> 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 yeah, you how, have. How, well, the point was How many amendments are there in the, con- in the U.S. Constitution? And I got that one wrong, and I felt I felt some modicum of shame about it. But then everyone else here took the test and missed more than one. And uh, see, if he would have spoken about it this one. way last week, maybe we wouldn't have called him <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nick, I said no. I didn't write it. I didn't write the poll, but I Thank voted you. no. So we know Thank the two you. people voted no. Nick <laughs> and Joe. <laughs> Only two people. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Twitter. So lastly, before we get to our guest, and um, we don't want to waste any more time on this, but I did want to uh, check in with Laura, um, because you heard from your weatherman friend. I did. He does exist. He does exist. So he doesn't back hate up, me. Last week, the uh, last episode, the idea of having the meteorologist came from Laura, because mm-hmm. she supposedly had a friend who was the meteorologist for Fox 2 in Detroit. We reached out, and we heard nothing. But then we were wedded to the, the weatherman idea, so we had to find a backup weatherman. Who turned out to be really great, so great. it was great. Yeah. But. But. Um, you got a note this week. I did get a message back um, from my message that was sent weeks and weeks ago um, saying, you know, hey, that does sound really cool, but, you know, unfortunately the timing didn't work for him, and I wanted to say, that's okay, we already did it. <laughs> so, but and we found a better weatherman. I didn't tell him that, but um, <laughs> but you thought it. I did. I did think <laughs> it. Um, and um, I did also prove to Matt that I didn't just make up friends. So now, anytime I talk about anybody, I go, "They really are my friend." <laughs> that's the, that's the new person in the office trick. It's like a make up friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know now that that Derek does exist, or at least that he's he's buddies with you. So let's get into this. Um, I mentioned we are on the road. Um, we have taken the podcast on the road a couple of times. Joe hates it. We're getting some good out. like background noise here, though. I like it. I know. You get those, this you is very the, NPR. You, you're Ooh. hearing the restaurant ambiance in He's these coming headphones. around. It's very nice. You saw me working. This is I, this I, is this is work to bring it on the road. I don't mind. It, it is, but you should accept more help, and then it would be easier. What? Anyway, yeah, it usually involves sweating and swearing. It does. <laughs> it was fine this time. But we're good. Um, so we are. We're in Metamora, Michigan. Uh, we are at the White Horse Inn. Uh, Victor Zenoegas is our guest. Victor, did I get that right? You got it pretty right. Pretty right. I only coached him so five times. I'm so <laughs> nervous about this all week. Oh, yeah. so I've been asking everyone how yeah. to pronounce that. I'm going to get it wrong. I just know I'm going to get it wrong. <laughs> so Victor, right. Victor and his wife, Linda, are the owners and operators of Michigan's oldest restaurant, it's the White Horse Inn in Metamora. Uh, Metamora is in southern Lapeer County. Correct. We're about maybe a 30-minute drive north of Auburn Hills. Correct. Ish. Okay. Yeah. So let people know where, where we are in this You're place. a geography jerk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm a, I'm a Google jerk. I yeah. Think of that. Um, the White Horse was built and opened as a general store in 1848. 
um, and was purchased two years later in 1850 and changed into an inn, uh, named the Horde House after its owner, Lorenzo Horde. Fast forward about 150 years, uh, the White Horse closed in 2012, but then was purchased and has been completely renovated by Victor and Linda, uh, which reopened in 2014, correct? That's correct, okay. November, yep. Uh, whitehorseinn.com, you can find the website there, and I encourage you all to do that. We're going to post some pictures, but this place is amazing. Thank you. Um, and at Whitehorse in Metamora on Facebook. So thank you for having us. Oh, I love when people from Lansing come up here. It's uh, where I grew up, so it's nice that you get out of, uh, let's see, where did we used to go? Dagwoods and oh, yeah. Coral <laughs> Gables. And, oh, uh, my gosh, this is my life. Paul Revere's. <laughs> <laughs> I have not. I didn't go there. It's close. <laughs> it uh, is. So, yeah. And we discovered right before we started that Nikki's parents – and yeah. you, you, Victor, went to high school together. Yes. That's right. And Small boy, world. I can. Y- your mom was well behaved. Yeah. For the most part. <laughs> Although I think I went to catechism with her. However, your dad. <laughs> boy, we'll talk later. <laughs> I would love to hear stories. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> really, you don't. No, they, I, they're great. Say hello to them. I, I will. Lo- yeah, I love them both. So, yeah. So this is fun because we did talk. And, you know, you know Victor, being from Lansing, you, I mentioned Kazachek's. Yeah. And you knew Kazachek. Yeah, oh yeah. We had David Kazachek yeah. on. Um, his business, you know, it's a new one. It, it opened like 15 years after <laughs> the White Horse opened. So, you know, it's only a, got a 150 years back. But He'll never make it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to ask you, we're going to, there's a lot to get into. We got some ghost stories. Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to talk about the restoration of this amazing place. But when I, I guess the first thing I wanted to ask is you've owned and operated restaurants across Southeast Michigan, right? Right. What was the conversation like when you and Linda <laughs> sat down and decided, okay, we're going to go do this. We're going to buy the white horse and we're going to f- open well, it back up. Well, you've met Linda, so no one sits down and discusses things with Linda. Uh, <laughs> so the white, we've lived out here in Metamora for uh, going on 30 years, and, and we're in the restaurant business, obviously. And, and um, when the white horse closed, it's, we used to come here for dinner, and, and – um, it was kind of a special place, even though it was really run down and, and pretty poorly managed. So it closed in November of 2012. And when we read in the paper that it closed, I said, I told Linda, I said, hey, Whitehorse closed. She said, we ought to go look at it. And I said, nah, I don't want to look at it because we I just I knew what was involved. And I uh, just we had enough going on. But every day we would drive by and it was closed. And every day it just looked darker and more forlorn. And she kept on it and on it. And you know how women are. And um, <laughs> Whoa. Uh, it is just, International just, Women's Day yeah. Yeah. as we're taping. <laughs> just calling it like it is. <laughs> I just want to see if you were paying attention. So every day we would drive by and she kept saying, oh, we ought to look at it. We ought to look at it. And I, finally I put my foot down, as all men do, and I said, over my dead body, are we going to go look at it? So... We're inside looking at it, <laughs> and uh, and it was a, it, the old owner. He just left, and he he left the plates on the table. He left food in the refrigerators. Um, it was like a, a neutron bomb went off, and 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 so it was, and there was no electricity. It, it had been closed for four months. This was April by this time, and it smelled just terrible. And um, and, and we're walking around, and I just said, there's no way we're going to buy this place. I couldn't even envision renovating it. And Linda said, you know, we ought to call the realtor um, and make an offer. And I said, 
over my dead body are we making an offer? So the next day when he accepted the offer, um, I'm like, okay, what the hell are we going to do? And because uh, it, it, was, it was really, uh, we were really torn. It was Michigan's oldest restaurant, but there was very little historic left. It was kind of scattered throughout the building. So, um, the, and the whole project was sort of serendipitous and um, not to be a, a wordsmith jerk, but um, <laughs> we, we contacted a friend of ours and told him what we were doing. And he said, hey, I know a guy that lives out there that um, I think he works with wood. So we, I ended up calling the guy, and his name's John Urema, and he's turns out his farm is a mile from our farm, and he does woodwork and floor work for you pick a big wealthy person in the united states he's probably done their floors he just finished a project in philadelphia for the johnson family comcast family did the whole floor on one of their new skyscrapers and and so i called him up i said john you never met me but uh we own restaurants and uh, we're looking at doing the white horse would you want to be interested he goes yep i'm in and so he showed up and and uh became part of our group and I said you know we need a good architect and he said I know a great architect and hooked us up with an architect named Tomasz von Staden who uh, Rhode Island School of Design teaches at Cranbrook just a phenomenal guy and and so we put this team together and and um, and kind of came up with a pretty bold and ambitious plan to renovate and um we ran the numbers, and it just there's no way it was going to work financially. So we started thinking, all right, how can we get some money uh, to help us do this the right way? Because we didn't want to do it, Michigan's oldest restaurant, and just do it sort of um, average. And Metamora has a population of 200 people. We knew we had to draw people from Metro Detroit, and it had to be special so that people would come out, drive 30, 40 minutes. So we went. We got uh, a grant from the Downtown Development Association, three hundred thousand dollars. We got a MEDC grant for job creation for six hundred thousand dollars. And then, because we followed uh, Department of Interior guidelines for historic renovation, we got a federal historic tax credit for about four hundred thousand dollars. So we ended up putting about three and a half million into it. Call it a million of uh, other people's money, and and so. Here we are now almost five years later, and last year we had 150,000 people walk through our doors, and it's been just a terrific success. It's been great, better than we ever imagined. And, uh, and it's, it's, you know, we had restaurants, and, you know, we'd go, we'd work, we'd go home, we'd go, we'd work, we'd go home. But here it's different. We're really part of a small village and, and part of a community, and... Um, I don't know, I guess it's, we don't have kids, so it's sort of our legacy. So there was a story in the Detroit Free Press when you opened up that touched on what you were just talking about, how vendors, craftsmen, architects from around the community came, and some of them gave their time, gave their work at a, at a, at a discount because they yeah. wanted to be a part of the project. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, so everyone's so jaded now, and I'm probably jaded, and if I hadn't been part of it, I wouldn't believe it. But um, so we, we, all the wood in here, and, and there's a ton of it, we cut down trees off our property. We, we have a big old growth woods on our property, and, and, um, but that's a hard job, cutting down trees. So 
the floor guy said, hey, I know a guy that'll do it. He'll just do it uh, if he can keep the tops of the trees. So this guy from Lapeer came out. He cut down the trees, he's, and um, he said, I've got a buddy that'll haul the trees out using his horses. So he has two Percherons sanding candy, and he hauled the trees out of the, out of the woods so it wouldn't make a mess. Didn't charge us anything. He just uh, kept one tree for himself. And we had a craftsman uh, from uh, Dryden come in. He built the bar, and we put a little plaque on the bar that said "Built by John Creek from Dryden." So it 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 um, it, it it really was a community effort, and it's nice to see on a Friday night or a Saturday night you see the guy, the Sawyer that cut the trees. He'll come in with his family, and it, it's just. It's different than our other restaurants. Our other restaurants are are great, and we've had them forever, but um, this one's a lot different, a little different. So you showed us as we came in um, the floor, the amazing floor yeah. in the main dining room. There's the floor that's around the bar that's pretty cool, and then you show us the mural yep. on the wall. If you, as you look around this place, what's the cool? What's the coolest thing? I love the kitchen. The kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> I only say that because it was only so we own six restaurants, I guess, but. It was the only kitchen that we've ever been able to design from scratch, so we built it. It's just great. But, ah, boy, uh, if you ask my wife, she'd say the horse mural because that was that was um, really near and dear to her heart. She found the French artist that came out and did it. Um, boy, my favorite part, I would say it's it's. It, Boy, and this sounds really trite, but it's just the people that come in. It it they come from everywhere. On a Saturday night, I'll do table visits, and there'll be someone from Port Huron, and then next to them is someone that's from Gross Point, and next to them is I'm not kidding, a guy that drove his tractor here, and <laughs> um, I'm not kidding. And and so it's just it's such a mix, and and people know each other, and they interact, and they they talk with each other. It. it um, that's my favorite part of it. And, and would they be here if we didn't have the great mural and the cool floors and all that other stuff? I, who knows? But um, it all has worked beyond what we expected it to. I was wondering how you made a restaurant of this. I mean, it's a, it's a big, big, pretty big restaurant. How do you make this work in a town with a population of 200 people? Uh, there's a lot of fat alcoholics. Uh, <laughs> So with great taste, yeah, with really great taste and a ton of money. Um, well, so when we did, when we were working on the design, we knew that 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 how we were doing it required it to be big enough so that on the weekends we could accommodate 250 plus people, but that we could scale it so that on a whatever day today Friday is at lunch it can scale so there's 50 people and it doesn't feel like you're the only person in there and and so we we set up the rooms or the areas uh to be segregatable and and um but we knew that we to be successful we had to be able to fill it on a friday and a saturday night and 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 we do that every friday every saturday we're on a wait and uh um and People can go across the street. We have a general store across the street, or the, they can hang out by the fireplace um, while they're waiting for a table. And and um, um, but yeah, like I said, 150,000 people, and there's 2,000 or 200 people in the village. So we're getting them from somewhere, and and um, it's been good. So we're sitting. Um, maybe you'll see some picture. We're sitting in the old inn portion, right? You added, Correct. You added on when you did the renovation. We're sitting in the original, the original building. Right. 
talk a little bit about the building. I so mean, it's, so it's it's a kind of a standard rectangle building, uh, two f- stories, and the the first floor was where um, it was built for a or when it was converted into an inn. The first floor was the the tavern part where uh, the stagecoach would come about 200 yards away. Uh, they would let off their passengers. The passengers would come in, they would eat, and then they'd go upstairs, and there was probably eight rooms upstairs, and that's where they'd sleep. And since there wasn't any running water, I don't want to know where they went to the bathroom. Um, and and it um, there was a stagecoach stop, uh, came from Port Huron to here, which was... Uh, as far as the stagecoach could go during the daylight, and then from here to Pontiac, Pontiac, Detroit, and then kind of made, made its way back. And um, and then after the stagecoach, when Matt was born, then the train came in, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it then it served as a, a a way station for the trains. And then um, I guess in 1915, the train got booted and. Uh, um, you can still see where the tracks are. It's a trail, but uh, it's just it, the village has stayed virtually the same since 1860. There's just eight or ten buildings in the downtown. They're all on the National Historic Register, um, and it's it's one of the remaining Midwest rural villages that uh, that has has been unchanged in the last 150 years, 170 years. Did, did I read somewhere that this was also a stop on the Underground Railroad? That's, that's, uh, it's a really hard thing to prove, but anecdotally it makes a lot of sense because with Port Huron was a stopping point for uh, escaped slaves to get to Canada, and that's okay. where they wanted to get to. And so this, this would have mirrored the route that they would have taken. And uh, so, again, something that's hard to prove, but it makes a lot of sense. And... Uh, Several different historians have said that, and there's no doubt in their mind that it was. So, and this place is also haunted. Yeah, so here's a good. So <laughs> also hard to prove. <laughs> no, not hard to prove. No. Actually, we're, we're um, willing to try. Yeah, yeah. I want to see something. So I'll get one of our managers to bring a picture out. Um, but so the, I don't. Bl- I didn't believe in any of that <laughs> stuff. No. I, I, <laughs> I didn't believe in any of it. To me, it's. Lights out, lights out. But um, when we first, after, when I told Linda over my dead body, and we came in and we were looking at the building, the realtor. Wait a second, are you a ghost? <laughs> <laughs> are you real? Yeah. So um, the the realtor said he, he gave it was Good Friday, and he said he was going to Florida. He said, "Here's the key to the building. Here's the code to get in, and um, and give me a call when." when he gets back from Florida. So Linda and I came in, like I said, on Good Friday. We looked around. Everything was in place because the guy just left, including in the front hallway there was a kind of a curio cabinet, and there was a little statue of or uh, ceramic statue of a moose. And one of the restaurants we own in Bloomfield Hills is named the Moose Preserve. And I remember thinking, oh, that's kind of cool or cute or whatever. And and then uh, so we're we're getting ready to leave, and anytime we leave one of our restaurants, if we're the last one out, we kind of have a, a way to leave the building so um, you don't leave anyone and lock them in. So I told Linda, wait by the back door. I'll walk through the building, make sure all the doors are shut. And, and uh, so I, I oh, and, and while we're in the building, one of the things we did was look at the bar because we thought maybe it's a cool old bar and we can salvage it. Turns out it wasn't a cool old bar. It was Formica, made in 1960. So, uh, so we 
we leave the building. I left. I was the last one out. I locked the door. And then um, the next day, Linda said, well, you've got the key. Let's go back and look. Let's take some measurements and, and let's maybe start figuring out how we can do this. So I unlocked the door. We walked in and sitting in the middle of the bar was that statue of the moose. I know it gives me goosebumps every time I say it. I know. So I said to Linda, I, I cussed her. I said, you are just doing this because you're trying to scare me into buying it. I said, that's foul play. I'm calling Figer and this is over. Um, and she said, look, I didn't even see the moose in the cabinet and you were the one that locked up. And, and I said, well, maybe that bastard realtor you can never trust them maybe he got came back in town and i called him on right then and there and he was in florida he facetimed me because i didn't believe him <laughs> and um he was still in florida and so i how do you explain that i mean i didn't do it right um yeah. so awesome. do you, i don't know uh, can't explain that one no can't explain that one i then took a hammer and smashed the ceramic moose right. and said over my dead body are we buying that place so. as you wrote the check <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right 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 i'd said a few hail marys and uh hopefully i'm good to go I, so. I told the boys that i was coming they said where are you where are you going to lansing today dad no i often work from home on friday i'm I'm blessed. That's and not called work. Right. It is, well, it is what I do, but um, <laughs> I but I, I was heading heading out this morning, and my, my boys, they're seven and five, two boys, and they said, Daddy, where are you going? Are you going to Lansing? I said, no, I'm, not, I'm going to Metamore. I'm going to a restaurant um, to do a podcast. And they said, oh, what, what's the restaurant? I told them a little bit about it. I said, and boys, it's haunted. And they go, oh, will, will you take a picture of a ghost? And I was like, I don't know if I can take a picture of a ghost, guys. I don't know if it works, but um, I'm encouraged to hear that somebody has a picture somewhere. Yeah, so... Um Let's see. It was probably about a month before we opened, and we had two two of our managers uh, were, I think they were staining. Actually, the chairs were sitting in, and it was late at night. When they after they stained the chairs, they then put them in the basement, and um, and I'll show you the basement before we go. And at the end of it was probably eleven thirty at night. And again, just two female managers and. Um, one of them took a picture of the basement because uh, she wanted to send it to me to because sh- I was curious how much storage we needed and, and all that sort of stuff. So um, I said, take a picture of it, send it to me when you get a chance. So she took a picture of the basement, and um, the next day she was sitting at her kitchen table with her sister, and her sister was going through her phone looking at the pictures and saw the picture of the basement, and she said, who's that man? Hmm. And... <laughs> In the picture is, the, so the manager that took it, and then the female manager is in the picture, but then off to the right, where there's a solid stone wall, there's a picture of, a, of it looks like a man standing there in overalls. Wow. There's no post there. There's no, you can't, you couldn't misconstrue, mis- I mean, it's, it's. Do you have, is this picture somewhere? Yeah, we, yeah, we, we okay. have it back right. in the office, yeah. We got to see that. Yeah. 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 It, you'll look oh at it and you go, okay, that's, that's. Creepy. Is that tonight. the is that the employee who ran out? No, it's a different. No, so so um, oh, it's, you, you probably think I'm making this stuff up. But, I, I um, don't. I'm a believer. So <laughs> our office is uh, next to uh, where we where we have our ice machine, and um, and that's where we stack all our we call them our slim jims. They're basically tall rectangular garbage cans, and. Um, and the, and the ice machine, when it drops ice, it makes a noise. And um, 
it was the end of the night and the manager was doing her paperwork and the ice machine drops and makes the noise and and then she's out of the corner of her eye she saw one of the slim jims go sliding across the floor she thought okay maybe the floor's wet or it's on a piece of ice and there were six slim jims lined up there so she got up slid it back went back in the office doing her paperwork ice drops two slim jims go sliding across so this happened four times and on the fourth time she just left the building she said she ran out and she didn't lock the door she didn't set the alarm she left the lights on and she she uh sent me a text saying let whoever knows opening uh that i didn't lock the building and (laughs) she's was pretty shook up by that not not like poltergeist shook up but just how do you explain that stuff it just she said the floor wasn't wet there was no other employee in the building messing with her like hiding around the corner with a stick pushing the slim jims um it just there's there's a a lot that happens and you just maybe some of it you can explain but certainly can't explain the moose or the slim jim so i feel like there's a ghost hunters podcast in your future that that would have been my last day here for sure (laughs) (laughs) and i don't want to go in the basement after i'm just saying just gonna take pictures laura yeah look (laughs) you can have my phone (laughs) well so when we first got the building the basement was dirt so it's stone walls like Silence of the Lambs, where the ladies, you know, You're not like, making it better. You know, like, oh, uh, God. You know, it rubs the lotion on its face. And oh. It's that kind of basement <laughs> and uh, stone walls and a dirt floor with a hole in the middle of the floor where the uh, water from the sump pump drained. Oh. It was. You, I thought he was going to say what was in the hole. Like, <laughs> it's so where creepy. Where the bodies used to be kept. Uh, super creepy. Sounds like a big selling point. Yeah. yeah. But no. you've renovated the basement since. We poured a floor. There you go. <laughs> we keep, keep whatever was in that hole down. Yeah, right. 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 Yeah. That's where we put our new PR firm's office. <laughs> we'll teach office. you to work at home. Yeah. So do you do cooking? Are you a cook as well? I, st- I started, uh, this will date me, I started my restaurant career working at Big Boy in Meridian Mall as a short oh. order cook. And there's nothing... There's no better way to learn how to cook than be a short order cook because you cook everything. And um, uh, my wife and I, we both went to Michigan State. I was a packaging engineer major. My wife's chemistry. We got out of school in 1982. Nice. 81. (laughs) Is that when you were born? Uh, No. I was born in 87. Wow. Your parents were slow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They took their time. Yeah. Uh, and, and we met at Michigan State. We uh, worked together at Dooley's, which is not there. It's Harper's now, right? Okay. But it used to be Dooley's. Yeah. And uh, we got out of school, and I worked for Stroh's, which is all packaging, making beer. It's bottles and cans. And my wife was a chemist. And we saved our money, and we bought our first restaurant in 1986 before you were born. And then kind of went from there. But So I have a cooking background, but I'm not a chef. And, and my wife has... Uh, a background of I will do whatever it takes to make it right, and she has a terrific sense of design. She picked all the furniture here, all the colors. Um, so the sh- guess what shade of white you're looking at? Not builder white. I know. No, that. that'd be dove white or something. I don't know, but there was at one point probably 18 shades of white painted on that beam, and her and our architect are arguing over which shade. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, pick something. I got to get painting here, but it. it, it you can't fault the process. You also can't speed it up, um, and 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 um, she's she's just does has done a terrific job with all the decor. She's handpicked every piece of furniture, and 
all the light fixtures and um yeah it's pretty remarkable it's beautiful antique furniture thanks how, how long did it take to accumulate everything probably about three or four years it, we collect things that we think we will eventually use we've already started collecting for some other project eventually but um it, it takes time and and patience and and we ended up going to a place called hudson new york it's just south of Albany, and it's sort of the antique capital of the East Coast where all the estate sales, f- and that's where the old antiques are. They never make it this far west. I mean, they're, they're old out there. I mean, like a restaurant, 1850 out there, that's that's like an Applebee's out here. <laughs> those those taverns and inns, those yeah. are 1700. So we went to Hudson, New York, and we found just a lot of really great pieces and, and, um, uh, and bought them, and, and, you know, you take a risk. Is it going to work? Is it going to fit? And, and then get to figure out how to get it home so um but it that's the fun part and 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 then having it work and be successful that's that's fun too because everyone kept saying to us oh you're crazy i remember when we first opened a guy walked in and he looked around and he said what a bunch of idiots you will never make it here i'm not kidding and i mean he said that right to my face and i'm just because he just i was just wearing a t-shirt and he thought i was just some just whatever and i said okay well you know see in four years Right. Douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really? Who says that? Is, is he's a regular now? Yeah, right, right. It was Jack. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my parents have not listened to this podcast yet, but I think they might listen to this episode. Oh, you know, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> well, thanks for having us. Oh, thanks for... This was a, yeah. a, a great visit. Nice to get out on a, on a Friday and, and check this out. Um, so, yeah, it's a great place. To it the basement. Yeah, basement, basement, and I'll I'll scare up the picture. And there's another picture. I don't know if we still have it where um, it's kind of foreboding. There's a big black shadow over a guy's head. Now, it's either a ghost or that guy's an evil spirit. I think his name's Damien, but I don't know if we have that picture. But um, but I'll get you the one with the basement. But, we'll, yeah, I'll go show you the basement now. So Okay. Thank you very much. Awesome. Appreciate well, you guys coming Victor, out. Victor, thanks for having us. Victor, uh, I'm going to screw this up. It's been 30 <laughs> minutes since you told me. Zenowagus. Very good. Uh, his wife, Linda, owners of the White Horse Inn in Metamora, uh, Michigan's oldest restaurant. Yep. Uh, we're going to listen to some Western Maori, and we'll be right back. You've been listening. That was uh, Western and Maori. That's their song, Talk to Me Again, uh, the award winning song with the John Lennon International Songwriters Contest. We are still sitting here in the, uh, the White Horse Inn. Victor has left us. We are planning our trip to the basement um, to check out the ghosts, plotting that all out. Finishing off some chocolate chip Laura's cookies. Laura's really excited to go to the basement. 
I'll just sit here and eat more cookies. <laughs> Although I did notice <clears throat> I failed as a guest because I'm looking at Laura, who's sitting next to the book of questions. I should have mentioned Stephanie, our good friend Stephanie, did not come with us on the road today. She was doing some important work back home. Um, might look at all the rest of us is why we have the time to just come and, and do this. But <laughs> she is doing important work back home. We remembered to bring the book of questions. We forgot to ask Victor anything from the book of questions. So maybe since we do have a guest host, Andrea Bightley, she can uh, she can uh, pull her weight here, and she can you can answer a, a, a question. I'm really good at answering questions. Okay. Are you okay. good at Are you good at picking questions? That's no, the real I'm question. terrible at picking. Okay, questions. well that's the first step. That's the first part. Okay, so pick a number between one and two hundred and seventeen. Eighty-four. An even number. Any any significance behind? No, I think we've had odd just, numbers so far. Just popping no my head. The year before. Oh, Laura just got a really interesting <laughs> smile it's on it's her very, face. It's very the interesting. The year before Nikki was born. That's <laughs> <laughs> three years before Nikki oh, was I born. Thought, sorry. Um, one year before I was born. Anyway. Um, okay. Would you have one of your fingers surgically removed if it somehow guaranteed immunity from all major diseases? This is the first good question we've had. I know. Yeah, that is, that, that is that an is awesome question. I Read mean, that again. And, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got a lot. I got plenty. Would I would I amputate a finger to guarantee I would never get sick again? Do you get to pick the finger? Wait a second. Oh. Is it any sickness? Read it again. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> so inconvenient. Heavy sigh. <laughs> would you have one of your fingers surgically removed if it somehow guaranteed immunity from all major diseases? All major diseases. So you could still get the but common cold. Mean you wouldn't get a cold. Yeah. It means like no cancer, you know, no heart attacks, heart, heart attacks no yeah. heart disease, no diabetes. And it just says one of your fingers, Joe. It doesn't yeah, say. So you I mean, I'm, I'm 100% in. I, I think I, I would. Mean, I think I would too. I, I'd not? roll the dice. You'd roll the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'll keep my I'll keep my fingers and not get sick. See, I'm I'm on the fence because that'd be awesome to not get those things. But the flip of it is, I don't want to be like 90 years old and being like helped to the bathroom. It's like I need something to kill me at some point. <laughs> like I, you could always hopefully it's a massive heart attack or a plane crash when I'm like 72, <laughs> like before I'm feeble. I thought you were gonna say you didn't want to make it to 90 and then be fine, and then realize you have been living your whole life with missing a finger, and you was yeah. like, I could have made it this whole way. Well, I would attribute it to the, f- to the magic, to, to the magic of the, the magic finger. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. The logic would be one of your pinkies, because unless you're doing like a lot of tea parties where you know you have to <laughs> actually have your finger right. out, there's, you don't need your pinky. Right? I agree. That's the one I would get rid of. I, I disagree with the premise of the question. If I had to. You don't. Why? Why oh. choose between two bad options? I feel a Twitter poll. That's what the out. entire yeah, point of the book what, is. That's what it is. I do too. <laughs> that's what the book is about, Nick. Well, then I would answer it. No, I would answer the question. No. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. What are you? You're, you're, you're. I think. You're I think I might. I think paint. I might do it. I mean, surgically removed is. You know, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Anesthesia. Take a yeah. Yeah. No, I think it'd be yeah. fine. Anesthesia. Whack it off. You're sticking no. in a lawnmower. Antibiotics. Like, <laughs> you're gonna be fine. I'm worth. I'm just thinking about like it's got to end somehow. So what have I now? What have I now limited myself to? What are car those accidents. options? You're, yeah, it's a like, car accident or a plane crash. Right, but yeah, yeah I don't know. Or just when you get tired of it. Go skydiving <laughs> and forget your parachute. See, I don't think I could do that, but I would happily have that happen. Like I, <laughs> you'd be thrilled. I couldn't, I, couldn't, thrilled. I couldn't actively pick suicide. My chute's not opening. <laughs> I am so excited. But if my plane's gonna crash, yeah, let's Boat do it. Accident also a possibility in Michigan. 
You guys are all so morbid. We start talking about ghosts and everyone starts meditating on death. Dark. Were you going to say something? I don't know. (laughs) You looked at the microphone like you were just about to say something. I don't know. This just took a really dark turn. I feel like we should change Go back to ghosts? I just don't want to be in a home. (laughs) (laughs) Just all of you here, make sure that doesn't happen. I think speaking for everyone who might work at that home, (laughs) they want the same. (laughs) Joe is afraid of growing older, which we just learned. And maybe it's something to do with the fact that his birthday was this week. Ooh. Yeah, I don't like my birthday. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm older. Right. Yeah. He was sick. Yeah, he was yeah. conveniently Laura's sick. Laura's making air quotes. Yeah. Sick. Rather than come and but celebrate with sick. his coworkers. He his actually birthday. was sick because I got him <laughs> sick. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Laura. You got me sick, yes. too. Yes. Well, <laughs> our good friend it Stephanie passed it first. <laughs> yes, she was the, she was the origin. We, we work in very close, comfy quarters. I know. I think we all like each other so much. Yep. I'm just impressed you still have birthdays. Huh? I mean, Adam, <laughs> my husband Adam, gave up birthdays. He no I longer would, has How do you birthdays. do that? He just decreed it um, and has informed <laughs> many friends and family members that he no longer has birthdays. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to have. You should probably uh, contact everyone your who knows and me knows I don't want to have a birthday, so well, I don't know what I can you do. You learned this year. You and Adam yeah. Bightley need yeah. to get together on this yeah, and just can ha- ban put birthdays. Put together a handbook. I I think I'm on board with that. I don't feel like getting any older. It's depressing. It's but depressing. Then, but then you don't get presents. Christmas? I don't know. I'm sorry. I still I'm like getting sorry. presents. <laughs> Jesus's birthday. It, it's, <laughs> it, is, it re- is it really so hard to have people celebrate you for a day? Kinda. Yeah, yeah I don't like it. My husband doesn't like it either. His birthday is next Maybe week. Maybe it's a boy I, thing. It might be. Do it's, you enjoy his, your birthday? Sometime. It, my, my birthday Sometime. is the day after Valentine's Day, so all of the chocolate's on sale. Oh, yeah. In so honor of your birthday. In honor of my birthday, which is a huge thing. Okay. I like birthdays. I'm not looking forward to this year. Is it the big 4-0? It's the big 4-0. I'm going to walk you in the corner here. Why are you not looking forward to it? I, um, mostly because I think that people feel, feel obligated or compelled to do things for milestones. Yeah. I like to be I, I like please you know give me a card like tell me happy birthday I like that you want to buy me a little I toy you or said something a car a car, <laughs> <laughs> please a car too a car. that's great you need a car yeah, yeah. I, I do need a car yeah jeez uh, now I'm gonna get sad again um, but on four it feels like forty I mean I, my family su- surprised me with like a big um, big pizza party on my thirtieth which to me as a thirty year old man I wanted a pizza party that was great but um, I just rather not have people go out for something like do you know put themselves it's out totally for, for something. so let's it's let's let's thing. make it what what day is your birthday it doesn't don't matter. you forget his I birthday every away. year isn't every it year. in september <laughs> it's in september it's in the fall it's, it's in, in the september. second half september. of the year we're several seasons away from my birthday okay well we, we yeah. need people to know <laughs> right 40 is coming so pay it's attention coming. oh i'll begin contemplating my own mortality isn't your birthday coming up laura mm-hmm. <laughs> just cut off just cut off a finger no <laughs> chance. Yeah, my birthday is in a few weeks. Okay. Good deal. Well, this was fun. Yeah. Road trips. Now that we've got one, a, a stress-free road trip out of the way, maybe we can do this more often. It was fine. We got a tub now. It all travels in a, a tub. tub. So. Big plastic tub. Oh, we forgot to give Victor his mug. Oh, it's he's still here. We'll get to him. We'll get to yeah. Him. Okay. Well, Andrea, thanks for. We were, what the chances that we would be in Metamora and like walk out of the parking lot and there you are it's and like so hey weird. you want to come guest host I know it's very strange and convenient for all parties convenient it's almost like there's a supernatural force bringing us together 
Metamore is a pretty cool town. So we talked with uh, Victor Zenoigas of the White Horse Inn in Metamore, Michigan. Uh, Special congrats again to Brian and Pete on their award. You'll hear more of their song here in a second. Um, This is Matt Resch of Resch Strategies, and you've been listening to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Talk to me again Don't let this night be the end You can always call me I'm biding your time Praying that you'll stay a while I know that you'll be gone Well before daylight And maybe I've changed I know you'll rearrange single chair on the ship tonight And I await the warning It's after wait of warning Oh, talk to me again We'll be fine, we'll be friends You can always call me Oh, talk to me again Don't let this night be the